Have you ever said something and wished you could take back your words? Ah, why did I say that? Well, I have good news for you. My guest, Dr. Felicia Ferrara, has got five tips, count them, one, two, three, four, five, that are going to help you so that you never have to regret the things that you've said again. And we're going to meet her right after this. The strongest prison bars are in your head. Leaders and teams, it's time for a jailbreak. I love that intro. <laughs> Dr. Felicia Ferrara, welcome to Trish TV, the Shift and Lift show. Yes, I love the name too. Very good. It's appropriate uh, for what we're going to talk about. <laughs> it sure is. And I'm really thrilled because uh, Dr. Felicia has, uh, she's just recorded an interview with me and she seems to think that what I tell people is of value and uh Hearing that from a professional like herself, it means a lot. So, uh, Felicia, what I'd love to do is for you to um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into what you do. But I want to remind people, if they haven't read the blurb, Felicia uh, helps people with relationships and in the workplace. But one of her jobs that got my attention is that she's actually a, a legal consultant in the courts for people who have, shall we say, really not done great relationships and they've ended up in court for it. So this is somebody who knows what she's talking about when it comes to people uh, having difficulties communicating. So you might not be quite that extreme that you end up in court, but what she knows helps with that. How much more is what she's going to say going to be helpful in the workplace and in relationships? So, Felicia, yeah. welcome. Tell Thank us a bit you. about what you've been doing. Thank you, Trish. Well, it's quite a bit, actually. And uh, things did slow down a little bit with COVID because people weren't getting arrested as frequently. But I, I have, uh, yeah, definitely. Crime was down. People were off the streets. But I think it's starting up again. So I should be real busy pretty soon. But, uh, you know, not to make light of it, um, it's a very sad um comment on society that that's what people turn to is is crime and I, i'm talking about survival crimes crimes of food uh stealing food stealing a five dollar uh, package of food uh and still get arrested um so these are things i had one young man and you know, talk about naive naivety he actually um stole a credit card and then he ordered for about three days before they discovered it he ordered food from a take take delivery to his house <laughs> on the credit card <laughs> so you know, you know they were going to find that and the poor kid i mean and i'm not uh, just uh, he didn't look like he really had any idea of how bad he what he did was done he had two handicapped parents and so i'm i suspect the finances were kind of bad at the house but that's what he wanted he wanted food so you see, it's not it's not all mercen you know crime of people that are heartless. 
Um, and and I, I might see someone like that and I might see someone in the other extreme that did a capital offense and possibly hurt quite a few people. So the spectrum of, of things that I see, um, I'd say about 70% of them involve drugs. So that's a very much detriment. Um, and I've seen young ladies come in beautiful at 17, 18, looking great, and they got in trouble because of a boyfriend. And um, here, I see her seven years later, and you could tell she did methadone or uh, methamphetamine, excuse me. And, um, you know, the teeth are all rotted, and she looks about 45 years old. A beautiful girl. Wow. And it breaks my heart because I have children, and, you know, I, I do have a kind of maternal uh, instinct, and, and it... I you know, it just makes me cringe, you know, when I see that destruction. So uh, drugs is definitely a detriment um, to the crime. But, you know, I, I, it is interesting, but I've been working with kids. Uh, I started in juvenile detention centers back in the early 70s. That's how old I am. <laughs> so um, up in Long Lane Reformatory up in Connecticut, Middletown, Connecticut. And um I saw the kids that what they went through, how they kind of suffered it being on the inside. And of course, in those days, you would go for two years if you had a nickel bag of marijuana, of cannabis. Now it's going to be legal in most states. So now it's it's not considered a crime. But those two young men. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, two, two years. Two years yeah. in reformatory. Chances are they might have had a few other arrests as well. But. What they go through in those reformatories is, is a whole nother story. So, so I wouldn't reform. No, no, no not at reforms all. them into perhaps reforms them into something that wasn't intended. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you know, they have done studies where they take that same thirty thousand a year or whatever they spend on that kid being arrested, if they put that in a private school and sent him to get cultured or get educated, you know, what a difference that would have made in in their lives. Definitely made a big difference. So our system is kind of punitive, very punitive. Uh, yeah. So that kind of breaks my heart, but pardon my caddy seems to want to jump in my uh, picture here. That's all right. Hello, it's my little Romeo, oh. but um, here he is. Let's just say hi. So he, Hello. he's very, Hello. very huggy. He's a very cuddly cat, but anyways, we'll, we'll leave him to, to the rest. But um, so, what I see throughout jail a lot is uh, the domestic violence. And as part of a forensic work, we sometimes do custody evaluations and divorce evaluations. So if a couple is getting divorced, there's children involved, there's usually a custody evaluation to see which parent or what that child's special needs are that they might need that one parent can provide versus another or how they can mutually co-parent. So it gets very hairy because let's face it, when you talk about your kids, there's nothing more passionate to people than their children. Uh, so it gets very intense. And in working with these couples, I've come to see how misunderstood of misperceptions they have of each other. They might have been married 10 years, 15 years, but no concept of how that other party is struggling to keep up or to fulfill the dreams that the other one had, it, it, even though it may be broken or forlorn. But, uh, and, and I'll give you an example, for instance, one one couple that I was working with, the, the husband had to fill out some paperwork 
and he couldn't do it. And I read his file and he had medical issues why he had like a slight creases in one of his hands and he couldn't couldn't write as fast as she would have wanted him to. And you know, the wife just came over like a bulldog and stood over him and said, what's the matter with you? Hurry up and write that paper. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. He, he, It's not a matter of choice. It's not that he had the choice to fill out that paperwork quicker. So these are things that I see, I observe really quickly because I'm used to working with them. But as a, a person, a lay person who's married to the person, they just see him being sluggish. They don't know that they're, they don't realize that what impact that disability has on them. So that's the frustration that gets to me and why I want to do work like with relate, relate this to where I can help couples learn a, another way of looking at each other's um, nuances, let's say um, foibles, you know, we all have flaws. None of us do everything right. And so how tolerant of you of the person who doesn't do everything right. And so those, those are reasons I want to do the relate this to. Wow. That's, yeah. You've just told us a whole lot right there of uh, being aware of, our other the other person's right perhaps disabilities or <laughs> skill and so on and right. and, uh, well, and you see, oh my goodness yeah that's another, another example is like for instance when there's a loss in the family god forbid you lose a child one parent may be a talker and need to vent and talk and talk and talk and the other parent may need to be an internal thinker and walk away and maybe go walk on the beach and be quiet and process what happened all alone so you have two opposites trying to cope with a very devastating thing, the loss of a child. And then that's how it becomes heated. And the, the one who's quiet thinks the other one is being too aggressive and bothering them. And the one who wants to talk thinks the other one doesn't care. And don't, they don't want to talk about it. So yeah. you try to modulate the, the differences between the two and, and bring it to their attention. And, and I like to call, you call it therapy, I like to call it reality check. You know, get a reality check. Is your perception realistic or is it not? And, you know, some people can accept that term better than if you say, I want you to go for therapy. Because, you know, therapy is still like, no, 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 let's not do therapy. But uh, I can have a conversation with you and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. And so you kind of work through that. You know, I've had other couples that the wife was obsessive cleaning and she claimed he was dirty. Well, he might leave his socks or he might leave something around. But the minute he put it down, she would be right behind him picking it up. So their whole marital life, she wouldn't do things on the weekend because she wants to clean the whole house and scrub it. So there has to be a medium, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really does. And things like that can can go back to when we have an intolerance like say we're obsessively cleaning right that can go back to our conditioning as a young person and as a child can't it and that's yeah. something that you can help people with so yeah absolutely um and it, it, very often it starts there and i i have personally known people even in my own family i might take a drink and one sip and i'll put the full glass down and the party will pick it up and go wash it and I mean, that's oh. how fast, how, that's how obsessive they are with anything being, you know, disrupted. And, you know, you, you do what we call desensitization kind of training. You, you take tasks one by one and let it go undone for a day and see if you can get through that. And then you, you try to keep doing the, 
you work down a hierarchy of what is more stressful than the other. But yeah, we have uh, the uh, compulsions to do those things. Um, so not only that, though, basically all of us communicate differently. We might use words that are harsher than others. And I, even I can do that at times when I'm tired. But the thing is to understand what the person really meant. And, and it's hard when you're at the heat of it with a with your spouse, your, your partner. It's very hard to say, oh, what did he mean by that? You're not going to stop and think you're going to say, what? You just called me what? Lazy? And then, of course, the fight ensues. You think I'm lazy. How about you? And so, you know, that, that's usually the way it goes. And so, it's, oh, goodness me. That's, that's, it's so true. And this brings me to our promise at the top of the show that in those fights, people can often say things that they regret. And afterwards they think, oh, my goodness, why did I say that? How can I, how can I best not do that again? And I love what you've started with, with people being able to understand another person's style. Yes. But you've got five tips that are even more specific than that, that mm -hmm. people can do in the moment just before they open their trap and trap themselves. So please go ahead and, and uh, this <laughs> is so great. I just love this. Sure, I'll cite them. It, it is very hard for people to learn to do this on their own. It takes conditioning. But mm -hmm. the first thing, of course, you want to do is stop. And, and before you open your mouth, stop and think. And in that heat of the moment when a person triggered you, said a trigger word that you don't like, it's very hard to stop back and think. But if you stop and think, you step back, take a deep breath, you know, and they say in, in all the stress classes, you know, if you're stressed, take, you know, 10 deep breaths and, and stop. But by all means, don't play into the argument. Um, for instance, a lot of people argue because they that's the only way they learn how to communicate. And in their minds, they're interacting. So it's OK to argue. But uh, so you want to stop and think you want to take deep breaths. You want to actually, as they say in the in the lessons, count to 10, learn to count to 10 in your mind. And if it's really heated and you're really afraid you're going to lose control, just leave the premise. Go out back, go go out the door, go, do not stay in the room where a fight's going to break out. Because I'll tell you, domestic violence charges are very prevalent today. And I actually had a young lady at one of the halls that got arrested for throwing, believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at her boyfriend. Peanut butter and jelly. And the crust of the bread hit him in the eye. Oh. And he got he made charges. He wanted her arrested. And the girl actually went to jail. Now, granted, she may have been very heated at the time of the argument, but if you think about it, it really sounds ridiculous. You know, and anything is considered a weapon. If you throw a can of soda, that can is considered a weapon. Well, it could do some damage, yeah. So, so the average person in that heat of the argument, if they don't know enough to stop and pull back, uh, tip number one is to stop and think, of course, take the deep breaths, count to 10. And then um, I say, um, leave the premise, you know, leave the area. But the other one is, before you have the fight with the person, you want to write down in a journal, you want to journal what, what you're feeling at that moment. And it's almost guaranteed if you look at those same words tomorrow morning, you're going to be glad you didn't say them. Wow. That, that's really. Yeah, it's really. Number two, count to 10. 
Count to 10, yes. Uh, count, count get to out 10 of there. Get out of there. Get out. Uh, men are always going to lose when it comes to domestic violence. Nine out of 10 times, the men are going to get arrested. So I say get out as fast as you can and cool off. That's the point of leaving. Cool off. I don't say go down to the bar and get drunk. I'm saying just go outside your house and get away from that person at that moment. So, yeah. That's that's really good. And I I, I know with my husband, he liked, not when he's uh, feeling like that, that we have that very often, but um, one of his outlets is that he, he will run. He loves to run and that gets his that gets his frustrations out he, and, sure. and he'll swim and he has to he has to do something physical to release it, it's his way of um it's staying fit but it's also part of his mental health routine so I, I think it's very helpful that not only they get out of there but if they're feeling aggro maybe if they if they can you know hit a boxing bag or do something yeah. physical to release and that's that a healthy way to handle attention uh, yeah it's very healthy and i'll be honest with you um uh, even myself i'll be on the computer for hours and then all of a sudden i can't take it anymore and you're pent up i do the same thing i'll run to the pool i have to go swim so you have to let that excess adrenaline leave because if it builds up in the middle of your kitchen somebody's going to get hurt somebody's going to say uh -huh. things they never meant to say and it's really hard to take them back once they're said it kind of sears the memory it does. And, you know, we've had lockdown. We've had COVID. Well, some places are still in the midst of it and, and needing to right. shut down. I, I know in Australia, and I expect it would be the same in America, that the, you know, the domestic violence uh, would, would go up, especially because uh, one of the essential services is apparently uh, alcohol. So we could, all through the pandemic, we were able to buy alcohol. So I, I imagine that uh, the combination of being stuck at home, unable to get out, and alcohol and a fight what can they do if they what, what what can people do if they can't get out of the house or at least maybe they can go in the yard perhaps but what what can they do if they're feeling that and they and they're in lockdown felicia they can definitely run around the house etc but where the problem comes in is where the partner chases them the partner doesn't let them go so you have yeah you have a, a man uh, let's just for example the man pulling away trying to not get, it, get into a physical argument, trying to get away. And the wife, I told you, I told you, I told you. And the wife is chasing him. There's a breaking point that we all have. We all have it. So if somebody's, she's, she then becomes the aggressor. She's attacking him. But if he swings, just moves his arm and hits her, that's considered domestic violence. So mm. you can't push her away. I mean, you know, you just, you just can't. So my goal with relate this too is to show people the differences in communication to cool down um what happens let's say you have an ongoing problem let's say it's, it's six months going by Let, let's use an example that you have a teenager that you don't agree on how you should discipline this teenager and of course we all know teenagers get in trouble again and again and again because they they make bad choices sometimes both of you are arguing so you start a little bit you start more you start more what happens over time, a few weeks of that, a few a month of that, the two of you, your tensions are so high and your cup is so full of tension that you've got nothing left to cool down. And that's mm. when the problem is. It's like your cup runs over with, with tension. And that's when people get hurt. Wow. Um, now, that's assuming both people come in with a, a fairly average uh, persona. Now, it, 
take cases where we have handicapped people, we have disabled people, that's a whole nother set of pressures. Um, oh. Handling them needs to be taught as well, because for instance, you will have like an autistic child has a fit quite often and somebody has to handle that correctly, not to hurt the child. So that also needs to be taught. So we have people in a household that are not capable of learning, say, these five tips. They're not capable of, of somebody in there has to take the realistic stand. And like you said about self-care before, I think we were talking earlier, self-care. Very important. If you're the caretaker of somebody who has a severe handicap or illness, whatever it is, you have to take care of yourself first. It's kind of like the sinking ship or when the airplane's going to go down, they tell you to put the parents' ear mask on first and then tend to the child. The same thing at home. Make sure you're keeping yourself in good standing and not um, becoming so frail that you might act out on the person who's more disabled. So Right. And I would imagine that uh, the associations that, uh, that, that serve varying types of disability would have resources and I would encourage anybody to reach out to the associations that are there because right. they do have experts, they do have resources, they have websites that can be of help. Because uh, I know that some people may be afraid to reach out to certain types of authorities because they may fear that that yeah. children will be taken away from them. Exactly, exactly. And I've had people make anonymous calls to my office and say, I'm very angry. I'm afraid I might hurt my child. And I have to talk them down into and they'll say, I'm afraid to call the domestic violence center because they'll come and get me or they'll trace my phone number or something. And I, I have to do a lot of talking and counseling right there on the phone. But um, today, if a person needs a community resource in, in across the United States, you can dial 211 and it gets you to your local courthouse and they have a list of community resources they can refer you to. In the olden days, we used to have phone books. Remember the phone books where we used to have a whole list of community agencies right in the front? So you don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think all families are afraid of calling the police or authorities because that means somebody's going to get arrested. So, yeah. Well, that's right. And with anger issues uh, in Australia, and you probably have them in America, you, you can tell me. Uh, in Australia, we have a thing called men's sheds. And oh. they're, uh, yeah, what it is, is it's a, it's a gathering that men can go to. In, they call it a men's shed. It's, it's like where men can get together and just support one another and be encouraging. Exactly. Uh, and just that, that they can be themselves and, and share and get that support. Um, as if there's a bunch of mates in a back shed. Uh, so yeah. you might have something similar that's that's maybe called something different in America. But yeah. if there and a lot of men won't talk about their feelings, but yeah. they and they might not get into a deep conversation, but just being with other fellas uh, and just you know saying as much as they can say that they feel comfortable with that they're people who understand because. They need to socialize and yes, process absolutely. their feelings, you know, just as just as women do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we have men's group, but I don't think they're called men's shed. But uh, we do have men's groups. Men do talk. Um, the younger generations are more congeal. And I can say this because I, I, I'll be honest, when I had my children and they were small, there was no way my husband was going to change a diaper. And there was no way he was going to get caught pushing a stroller. 
I don't wow. think he ever did once. I, I don't ever remember him doing that. And that, I'm going back quite a while. But nowadays, uh, the fathers are very capable of taking care. They've, they've come around, they cook, they clean, they wash dishes sometimes, if you're lucky. Uh, they take turns cooking, you know. But so, so the differences between male and female has changed a little bit. But there's always those other outliers that contribute. And, and if you talk to any domestic violence counselor, 70% of all fights involve alcohol. Alcohol is very aggressive. Uh, makes yeah. very aggressive. Um, and so it can be as extreme in any other kind of drug, anything that's like spice. I don't know if you, you probably have it in Australia. Spice, or they call it K2 over here. Um, yeah. It's synthetic cannabis. Right. And that well, anything really that that alters your mood can yeah, can yeah. And and look, in the time we have, I want to make sure that I share your website. Okay. So uh, let's have a look here. This is uh, and and I've had the uh, URL going across the bottom, FeliciaFerrara.com. That's two Thank R's you. in the middle. If you're listening to the podcast, it's Felicia F E L I C I A F E R R A R A dot com. Correct. And uh, and I will have the link in the in the uh, details at the bottom. Unless you're on LinkedIn, then you'll have to. Well, you can go to Felicia's profile page. So yeah. you have got um, you're a relationship <coughs> coach, relationships do's and don'ts, and this is her website here. Felicia also does speaking, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you, you you give give classes, and so you. This is not just about couples. You can actually help with. Um, in the workplace with helping people in the work, workplace as well career. because yes these issues usually pour over into the career and work path so yes i work with a lot of and high end the higher functioning a person is the harder it is to um realize there's a flaw so when you're higher functioning you don't think there's anything wrong with you because you're already superseded most people at what you do and then all of a sudden becomes what do you call it the beckoning where it's like uh oh there really is a problem. Oh, so, so you think uh, I can't possibly be the problem because I'm so smart and I'm and exactly. I'm so high up and then exactly. that's where the and actually some of those people can be very hard to deal with because they can they can even be if they don't want to change and that's how they control people and they're gaslighting yes. uh, and manipulative. Yes. You find that some of those people that they won't listen to you or they just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you see a lot of them on, <laughs> a lot of them are on the, that move TV programs like Snapped and, and all of that. I mean, there are people out there that are hurting pretty badly uh, and maybe be under the control of somebody who's that manipulative and maybe smarter than them. Uh, so th that's a whole nother topic we could get into yeah. about the imbalancement of intellectual ability. But, but um, anyone who's out there and needs help, please make a phone call before before something happens. Oh, yes, too late. And remember Felicia's five steps before you lose your cool, before you open your mouth. That's so right. we, we <laughs> that were the ones which is stop and think. Stop Take thinking. a breath. Take a deep breath. Count to 10. Make no difference. Uh, uh, re, uh, rearrange your, um, leave the house or run leave around the house. the house, whatever you need to do. And then the other one is to journal your thoughts on that topic yes. before you speak them. Journal your thoughts because then yeah. you can come back around to it. My goodness, Felicia, this has been so wonderful. It's been it's been great right. to talk with you. Say the and, same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, 
these things, you know, they get away from us. When the cool, calm of day, we don't think we don't think about being that way. But when things and, and the holiday season is coming up, that's right. Families get together and there's tension, stuff, and and, and yes. just sort of remember to pull back and remember yes. Felicia's five steps and and get professional help either from Felicia or from in your country wherever you're watching this, and you can Google resources exactly. and and so on. So. Thank you so much, Felicia. It's Thank been you. an absolute Thank pleasure you, having you on the show. It was my and, pleasure. Uh, oh, You're it's just quite a wise woman yourself. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And I like to think you walk in the light. And I often say that at the end of my a uh, lot of my topics. It's like, may you always walk in the light. Thank you so much. Close with beautiful. That. We will close with that and we will uh, see you all next time. Oh, and remember to like, subscribe and make a comment because I always come back to these and check on them and, uh, and answer your comments. So uh, see you next time. Thank you and good night.